My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm probably your chunk. Ooh. I'm Doge, and you see what we're talking about here is an organism that imitates other life forms, and it imitates them perfectly. When this thing attacked our dogs, it tried to digest them, absorb them, and in the process shape its own cells to imitate them. This, for instance, that's not dog, it's imitation. We got to it before it had time to finish. Finish what? Finish imitating these chunks. <laughs> all, all of your remotely southern accents. It have turns been into McConaughey. No, it dude, turns it's Woody Harrelson. It's not McConaughey at all. It oh, is True Detective, True Detective season one. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Every Yo, time. shout out. Also, shout out to season four happening pretty soon. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. Coming. It's in. It's actually in the cold. It's uh-huh. like in an Arctic area. Wait, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. Jodie Foster's in it. Whoa, uh, you guys have information I haven't heard. We yeah, talk a lot. You said it on the podcast. I don't remember the Arctic part. Oh. Yeah, at all. Yeah. yeah season, one, season one's a 10, season two's a six, and season three was like a 7.5 for me. So I'm hoping that we trend Ooh, back up. An eight would be nice, yeah. Just head, yeah. head right back the other way. Yeah. I'm Carter, and I know you gentlemen have been through a lot. When you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this chunking couch. <laughs> that was one of the two quotes I was going to hear. The other one good. is my favorite quote from this whole movie, which is, of course, thanks for thinking about it. <laughs> uh, well, you're probably, if you're a longtime listener, you're probably wondering First time why we introduce ourselves as chunks today. What? And it's because to part the curtain a little bit, it uh, hunk doesn't matter. So it just sort of gets handed out. So we decided that we're going to yeah. litigate our hunkdom live on air for you right now based on Carter's criteria, which is who will be handing out the best candy to trick or treaters. We have at the Willis household, it was Carter's choice. It often is because I like to be the person to pass them out. Sure. Chelsea said mm-hmm. too much of a pass route or she's, we're just in there and she's pausing the show yeah. when the kids ring the doorbell. Every time I talk to her about kids, she's like, I wish they would work for their candy. Stop yeah. expecting you know, free candy kids just don't for ringing a doorbell. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem with kids today. Exactly. Her maiden name is Wonka. <laughs> I, um, I have a big old mixed bag of the, and we, we only do one kind of candy here at the house and we don't have chocolate. So I can understand that people would be maybe down on that, but I just do the little mini, mini nerd boxes, boys. So the ones that are fully grape, the ones that are fully strawberry, sure. happened upon a bag that had the fully cherry and the fully... Lemon. Like the fully the green. 
Oh, well, there green. was like a, there's a red and green. So yeah, we're just doing them little boxes. a cherry limeade or like a cherry lemonade nerd that was yeah. Like one yeah, yeah, color yeah, yeah, outside. Yeah, really one good. Color inside. Yeah. Like a blue, blue yellow boy. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So we're nerds. It's just nerds. It's pretty simple here. Okay. We're not doing full size. Fair enough. Inflation. I appreciate it. Best time to buy really is, is the day of Halloween. Next, it's, next it's, Tuesday is probably very yeah. true. Well, <laughs> November that 1st. Is true. That is true. But yeah, we're just nerds here. Jordan, hmm. you go. Yeah, I like to pick I like to pick candy based on one very simple criteria, which is I have found that we do not tend to get many trick-or-treaters, so I want to make sure that I want to eat the candy that they don't okay. pick up. And I'm giving heaping handfuls, you understand. But yeah, you know, there's only so much you can do. So I I buy two bags. That's all. One is very simply the individual sized uh sour patch kits, like the little packet of like five or six of them or whatever. And then one, there's a mixed bag of candy at our local Target that contains Reese's pumpkins. Oh, yeah. Runkins. 100 gram bars. Dang, dude. 100 gram. You know, that's one of the hardest places. Or one of the hardest things to find is a 100 gram bar. Not, not a they are not. There are not many places. You think a full-size boy? Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I believe it also has the Hershey's cookies and cream. Bars, ooh, the, like the white little white speckle boys, the kind yeah. of Dalmatian like ones, elite for me. Those are great. Like the and choices. Then I think it's like either Butterfinger or Heath. I don't know. It's got a filler candy bar, but I'm happy with it. The only yeah, thing yeah. that could make it better is if it had Take Five, the one with the pretzel, the caramel, the peanut butter, yeah. the nougat, the whole the whole nine. Then that would be a perfect bag of candy. But it's, yeah, it's, it's it's every bag has to have its filler piece, and I'll take a Butterfinger as filler all day. Butterfinger is my favorite. There's no candy filler bar. piece in a nerd's bag. Is it really your favorite? Yeah, it is. Interesting. Yep. So I don't know that I've ever met anybody that Butterfinger was their favorite, but I think everybody likes it. My number one. Uh, Specifically, like a Butterfinger Blast. Like Butterfinger in ice cream is the best candy bar to put in ice cream. Do you remember Butterfinger BBs? I do remember them. Fondly. Spheres. So full disclosure for you guys, I could throw the the game pretty easily right now because I haven't bought candy yet. So now that I've heard what you guys are going to buy, I could just say like, I'm going to hand out money. And then I win and I'm the hunk yeah, because that's better you than don't, what you've said. it's not candy. I hand um, out to-go boxes of Panda Express. Right. <laughs> do you want no. orange chicken? Okay, do you want chow mein or rice? <laughs> you got to go fast. There's other kids. And, and just, I, I don't know. I feel like a little more preamble is necessary before I say this because historically on our show, every he's time- trying to think of what candy he's No, it's because I know what candy I'm going to say. And every time <laughs> I say this thing, I'm like, guys, this is such a, a special treat for like a special me time. Oh you guys are God, like, if you, say you guys enjoy. are like, oh, that's gross. We usually get the bag of, I mean, we get two bags. We get the bag that's got like the individual like M&M's, Snickers, like kind of just your classic candy mixing bag. Uh, but then we usually end up getting the one that's like the four different kinds of just plain Hershey's where it's like, here's Hershey's. Here's Hershey's with Spe- almond. Special dark. Here's special dark. Yeah. Here is Hershey's crispy. Yeah. Because that's my, that's, if I'm going to have to eat something after Halloween, I just want the plain unadulterated You're talking about the little one that's vibe. got like Mr. Good Bar and all that stuff in it? Uh, yeah. Crackle. Uh-huh. It's got yeah, crackle, it's like the, Mr. The little, Good like, Bar. The yeah. foil on the little sure. individual guys. Yeah. Sure. That sounds like candy that the parents would like. See, I knew that that was coming, but it's because we want to hand out something with nuts in it to get rid of all the weak children mm-hmm. in case they're allergic to it. 
Oh, I man. usually just smear the knockable space on my door with peanut butter. Yeah. I yeah. take care of most of them. Yeah. So who it's wins? Like the blood of the angel over the threshold. <laughs> <laughs> I would say probably Jordan. Congrats. I know that the angel didn't bleed. It was the blood of hey, a lamb. I know. I don't, I actually don't know why that you were just like, yep, Jordan's is better. What well, is? Uh, yeah. <laughs> who, lo- hey, wait, who loses and why? Who's the last place? Yeah, who's the last place and why? For trying to for kill me, kids. For me, <laughs> well, I was going to say just nerds is last place, personally. I don't know. See, I appreciate that's it. That's for I'm, me, though. That's for me, though. As you know? I am devouring Here's my bounty happens, as a child, and it's all chocolate, I'm like, you know what? Actually, a nerd would be great right now. We're trying to build a, sure. a neighborhood reputation. Because if I'm nerds again, I'm the nerd house. You're the, nerds you're guy, the nerd yeah. guy. Yeah. Now I've got a name. And if you, I'll tell you what, if you do little little boxes of nerds, but you mix in like, let's call it 10 of the big boxes in there. Oh. And just every once in a while, a kid gets the rainbow lucky one. and gets the fat box of nerds. That'd yep. be amazing. Now you're building something. Now yeah. you're building something. Can you commit fully to being the nerd house? And like they come and you like open up your door, like using a nerd rope as a winch. And yeah. like, I'm can just you call everybody like, nerds when they show can up? Can you when, fully when you, nerd, it, up, nerd? nerd it out? When you open the door, what's up nerds? And then they trick a tree and then you just chuck boxes of nerd. nerds at them. Yeah. <laughs> the inaugural group of kids that come get to see me like, I just like blow the nerds <laughs> out of my hand. You could do the, the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yeah. Entrance. Yeah, come I think there's the fall come back. This thing has legs. Yeah. You should be the nerd house. Don't hide that under a bushel, Carter. No. Let it shine. Sorry, I, it's, it graded me. Anytime we hear bushel, if you go no. up in the church, like, no. <laughs> no, let it shine. It must shine. My vote is, is Carter is a hunk for the nerd house. Nerds. Sounds like two of us vote me. And then the one that desperately doesn't want me to win votes harder. <laughs> you voted yourself, Jordan. Right? You voted I did. yourself. <laughs> okay. I don't know why anybody wouldn't. I don't understand why I, you wouldn't. I think that needs to be rewarded because <laughs> looking out for number one has a lot to do with this movie that we're talking it's about true. today. It is time to talk about week four, is it? Of our... Uh, yeah. Ch- chunk of ween. <laughs> nah. Nah. Of our Chunktober creature treacher. Chunktober three creature treachers. <laughs> Chunkoween is our Discord after dark that you hey can guys, sign up for. Do you guys think that our naming conventions are getting away from us? <laughs> <laughs> Chunktober three creature treacher? No, I, I think that's totally. Three creature treacher series. <laughs> I love it. We Eventually, four. our podcast is just going to be one big in joke that is completely impossible to people who have not listened but before. People are going to be like, oh, it's you want to start listening? You got to go back two years. <laughs> this is our fifth one, by the way, my friend. Oh, it's our fifth. Oh, fifth. five. Week five. Okay. There we go. Is that real? Huh? Yeah. You're forgetting yeah. the descent. The descent. I just wanted to guess which one you were forgetting. The descent. The fly. Oh, fly. The, the, host. the host. Trimmers. 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 I forgot because we swapped out trimmers. Yes. Yeah. Week five of our chunk, chunk of ween, chunktober, creature threesure series. The movie is known as The, the thing. thing. And I'm desperate, desperate to talk about this movie, and I need a synopsis from Dezwa. Picture this. Done. You've just rung, you've just rung my doorbell, and you said, I hate everything that you have on offer, but give me a synopsis. What do you think I should do in that moment? 
Probably give me some of your peapock candy. <laughs> uh, you you say you go to the extra room in the house and you say, "Wake up, Nick! Get out of here!" You know oh, what's I wish. funny? I you know wish. What's funny is that peapock. That kind of candy, like like <laughs> that's Christmas. No, say to it. Me, no, say it. That kind of candy. What kind of candy? Say it. Like say the, the mixed word. Hershey's that are in the like half paper, half foil. Yeah, that's so Christmas to me. Really? Like in your and stocking? It doesn't, it doesn't feel old anymore. Oh, bro, that's stocking stuffer. That's yeah. the like foot. That's the toe. It you doesn't feel old at Christmas anymore to me. It feels like tradition. Doesn't feel old at Christmas anymore. <laughs> it feels <laughs> like <laughs> old <laughs> to me. And we got some morning energy. Do today, you guys? Don't it's we? the first time we've recorded in a morning in a long time. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want a fancy synopsis or an edgy synopsis? I think oh. I want the quickest pot. No, never mind. I want edgy. I decided that I want edgy. Edgy is edgy. quickest. Edgy. Those. Hmm? One man, two faces. This week's synopsis was written by Goth. <laughs> nice. Uh, Just the concept. Yeah, it's written by Goth, but then they have in parentheses their username is Brooks at od.ee.wits.ac.some other things. Like, their email like address. the Garfield so, dog? Like Garfield's dog? Well, it is. it looks like it's by Goth Brooks, which would be oh! a great Halloween costume. Oh! So it's November 1st. Yeah, Pocket dude. that one dude. away for next year, I guess. A 364 days. Goth Brooks and Chris Paynes. Yes. Isn't he the one that did Chris Gaines? Goth yes. Brooks. That okay. is so powerful. Goth Brooks. An American scientific expedition to the frozen wastes of the Antarctic is interrupted by a group of seemingly mad Norwegians pursuing and shooting a dog. The helicopter pursuing the dog explodes, eventually leaving no explanation for the chase. During the night, the dog mutates and attacks other dogs in the cage and members of the team that investigate. The team soon realizes that an alien life form with the ability to take over other bodies is on the loose and they don't know who may already have been taken over. Excellent. Okay. Carter, Friends can I low out places. you? Yeah. Hmm. Is that okay? Um, I've been so thrilled about this episode because yesterday Carter texted me and let me know that he had a very specific experience with this film and I don't want to take away the prestige from you, but I just want to say that that text filled me with such hype, such beautiful hype. And I've been riding high, not on the movie, but on your text since I received it. What does your text you, say? Yeah, do you want to let us in on that a little bit? Yeah, I just I just texted. I mean, it was, it was fresh off of being done. And there is this fun thing that happens when, I think with, especially with people that have, I think the three of us are... Batting close to a thousand. That's a sports term. It's a really good thing to mm. bat a thousand. It's impossible. Because mm -hmm. if you get a thousand <laughs> hits on a baseball, then you don't have to For play like, anymore. We tend to, uh, in our like little diagram, like recommend things to each other with good knowledge of if, if, if someone's going to like it. I think we, I, I do trust the two of you. If you give me something, it's not a, I'm going to wait till I have time. It's like, I need to make time now. Right. Had to wait for the sake of the podcast to watch the thing. <clears throat> and so as soon as I'm done, I need to let Jordan know. And I was already thinking of Jordan throughout the podcast or throughout the movie. I was like, man, 
it in a way felt like you held this close to your chest because this movie <laughs> felt like it was made for me. I just texted Harry you Carter. simply. I just said wonders. And then it was like a dot, dot, dot a few minutes after. And I just said wonders. <laughs> and I was sitting there <clears throat> and we'll talk about it obviously now because it's on the podcast. But I was thinking about like, is this, something happens when there's something new in your life. Like say a local restaurant that, that you're just introduced to and you're like, wait a minute, is this my, is this my weekly? Like, yeah. is this yeah, the one? That, is it about sure. to take, is it taking the spot of a place where I know everybody's name. Yeah. There's a like taco place go by back. me. That's Am finally I hurt kicking Quiznos to the curb, yeah. So this was a, this was a, is this, and we'll find out by the end of this podcast, is this a top 10 for me ever? Oh, wow. Movie. It has all the pieces that I love. When I looked at the genre after the movie, I was like, oh, that makes sense because it's technically called, uh, according to IMDb, a horror mystery sci-fi. Hmm. Cool. Excellent. And I was like, oh, these, boy, these check some big boxes. Sure. But excellent. Yeah. Needless to say, I really, really enjoyed this experience. Man, that, that honestly makes me so happy. I didn't, I didn't, it's been either a year or two years. I don't remember when I watched this for the first time, but uh, I didn't grow up with this or anything. You know, I watched it as an adult for the first time. And I remember one of the first things I thought was, man, this is, this is, it's, there's a lot of shared DNA with Alien here. A ton of shared DNA with Alien. Yeah, three day, three years after. And one of the things that makes both Alien and this movie so special is, and they present it in different ways, but this movie, John Carpenter does this well in general, but this movie, the escalation of paranoia and distrust throughout this movie is the best in the game. Like, yeah. so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something special about, I love that you can, you can really never get back the vibe of like late 70s, early 80s horror. Right. Sure. You can try and replicate, but you can't get it back. And the vibe is immediate. It's just so freaking slow, mm -hmm. but in the best way. But yeah, you're right, Jordan. It does have a lot to do with Alien. And when you start diving into some of the like trivia behind things, there was a lot of movies that were influencing what people thought about the thing. Sure. Yeah. But I would say the 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 big difference between Alien and the thing for me was in terms narratively is the mystery side of things. Yeah. Of wait, but it can be one of us. That's the best part about all of this to me. Yeah. Is like you're basically it was like equal parts clue. <laughs> uh <laughs> it was it, it had a touch of 12 angry men for yeah. me of just this vibe they were of distrust. Pissed, yeah. And somebody's trying to lead the way. And you're like, but can we even trust you? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Layers. So, so yeah. I, yeah. Can Very I, good. can I super dump and get it out of the way? Oh, mm -hmm. sure. The, uh, the paranoia, the state of paranoia is absolutely excellent. I think it's the best, well, not the best thing about this movie. It's the best thing in the script for this movie. Uh, if we were to regard that, the state of paranoia as the destination, the reason that we wanted to make this movie is to explore that paranoia. The road to get to the paranoia, uh, I just don't think really works for me um, in the way that I think so. Alien uh, worked really well to, to get our humans to understand that there's an alien trying to eat us uh, because we had access to information that I think made it a lot easier to say, okay, this is what's happening. 
I it just didn't quite work for me when the doctor uh, kind of pieces together the entire puzzle, being like, oh, sure. This is an alien organism that copies people, and then if it copies them, then we don't know that it's them, and it's trying to copy all of us, and then it will take over the whole world. Dr. That Blair, was, yeah. That was a little bit like, I don't know, that felt like a, a kind of a stretch to me script-wise, and maybe it's just because I am aware, as a 2022 boy, I'm aware of the lack of computing power that old Doc was working with there on the sure, computer screen yeah. when, he, when he watched that 8-bit animation. I takes on computers, by the way, where you just sit at the computer and you're like, is this going to be fine? And computer's like, it's not going to be fine. Computer says, <laughs> it's like, oh, I mean, that's no, a 3-beat, though. No. That's a 3-beat, right? The fly, the yeah. thing, and then alien all had a moment of just zoom in on yeah. <laughs> green text. Computer what say, what do it say? Uh-oh. Mm. Not good. You know, sir. I yeah. thought I thought I was going to disagree with you. I thought you were about to say something different than that, but that's no. my super dump as well. Is okay. I would just call it. I would just call it. It's not even expository dialogue. It's like revelatory dialogue. It's yeah. like rather than mm. which I understand because we want to go back to, we want to go back to the interesting parts, and so we knock out the well, things that make us understand what's happening very quickly. We have to get from, somehow we have to get from this dog became a monster In we have to get from there to the monster's trying to be all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that that just felt like the only slash quickest way that the script writers could think of to get yeah, from, from dog monster to maybe we're all monster. And I, and I understand that the point is like, here's what's happening. Let's move on so the movie can exactly. happen. And yeah, I'm okay 100%. with that. I'm it doesn't okay bug me that. at it all. It is my but, super dumb. Yeah. But there, in, in that vein- it's so interesting that that's how we open up our book so that we can continue reading because something that this movie does so, so, so incredibly well is build tension through confusion. Mm-hmm. And when we open and spend four minutes trying to snipe a dog from a helicopter, it's not fun. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, why are they doing this? Leave this poor dog alone. And you spend so long that by the time it's over... <clears throat> I find myself almost switching teams and being like, something's wrong with this dog. Kill this yeah. dog. Yeah. They've got to be right. Kill right. this dog. Yeah. What a great, great, great opening. It's, it's an so incredible good. opening, man. Yeah. I love the like, you're just catching the tail end of yeah. the prequel to the thing. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Which yeah. they went through a lot and they're just trying to like, oh man. From camp to camp is just like walking across the frame of the storyboard and being mm-hmm. like, wait, stop, don't mm-hmm. do this. I feel like Love if they that. wanted to, because, you know, they remade the thing in 2011. I feel like if they wanted to do a thing again, they should have done the thing, colon, what happened to the Norwegians. Well, isn't done, it like, a prequel? Is it? The 2011 movie? Is it? I don't I thought know. it was just a straight up remake. I'm not sure. I think it's a prequel. Oh. <clears throat> Never saw it. Apparently they used CG. Yeah. Regardless. And it doesn't hold up. It understandably got poo-pooed on. Yeah. And every critic that I read was like, why? Why did you do this? They're like, but they're like, it doesn't even hold a candle to yeah. what John Carpenter did. Yeah. Which <laughs> this, the thing was actually a remake of the thing from another planet from like mm-hmm. the early fifties. The Which was uh, the, inspired by a, novel, a novella. Exactly. Uh, the filmmaker... Uh, of the one from the 50s. I don't remember that that guy's name, uh, but was absolutely not a fan of this. Uh, he was like, if you want gore, go to the butcher. Don't go yeah, see this yeah. movie. So stupid. Guys, you chill. know, there, there's this thing with movies like this where this thing, LOL. Mm. I, it's going to happen a million times, <clears throat> by the way. As I grew up, 
hearing about the thing as you just sort of do with big movies that are yeah. culturally relevant. As I grew up hearing about the thing, the the selling point or detracting point, depending on who you talk to, was always like the gore. It's so unsettling to look at. And, all yeah. and it is, it is, it definitely is. That is a huge yes. win of this movie, in my opinion, <clears throat> is the visual creature design, all that stuff. But what never got sold to me, which is the selling point for Jordan, at least, is the the tension and the ever-heightening sense of fear in this movie. Yeah. This is not hereditary scary. This is not a movie that's going to make you, like, check behind your bathroom door when you go pee in the middle sure. of the night. But it is going to stick with you. And I think that it sticks with me equal parts, you know, horrifying visuals as it is just the the sweaty back tension yeah. that it builds yeah. the entire time through. And that's what's most impressive to me as a filmmaker is the ability to make me sweat it out with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. <clears throat> it's very good. I enjoyed this movie so much. Here's a hint as to how much I enjoyed it. My super dump. <laughs> super dumps are always fun when you really like When you movie. love them. Yeah. Is, doc- is uh, Dr. Copper's nose ring. Um huh. I was in. I liked it. It's so dang close to his face. It's very close to his cheek. Like, what is he doing? Anyways, let's move on. I'm so um, happy you liked this movie this much. <laughs> I'm thrilled. I loved it. You know, I'm thinking about where, because y'all are, it's totally valid what you're saying about Dr. Blair when he's just revealing all of that stuff. But to me, it just made me love this movie just as much. No, I sure. hear that. Because hear that. In, in that, I was already in the mood that I was like, you, that's, that's hilarious. Like, I can't believe it's happening that way. <clears throat> yeah. But it was like, Wilford Brimley is telling me, is waxing poetically with his science brain that happened in two minutes, <laughs> how to keep the movie going. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I was for it. It, it, it couldn't do any... Too too much wrong. There, any wrong was right at that point. Yeah, we're in my viewing experience. Almost, we're almost, we're about halfway through our episode runtime already, and we haven't talked about young Kurt Russell. And I, for one, will not stand for not talking yeah. about him anymore. Thirty-one, man, thirty-one years. This man is so intense looking. <laughs> he could put on any hat he wanted to, and I would think it was cool. Yeah, that's a cool right? hat. That's a pretty cool hat. It's not though. It's a stupid hat. He's straight up Yosemite, Yosemite Sam. He's 100%. There. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Yo, Six of Sam. dynamite in hand. Yeah. Big beard. But there's something about that. Where Crazy hat. Something about, and I, I don't know, Carter, if that's maybe part of the vibe of that late 70s, early 80s horror. But like, I feel like horror movies now, the costuming of the protagonist is like much more chill and normal. But that feels like a key ingredient of horror and even action movies of this era of like, hey, what's the wildest thing we can put somebody in? Yeah. yeah. And for Kurt Russell, it's like, let's put him in a big beard and have dynamite and then a big old cowboy hat. Yeah. And that'll be fine. I mean, People are going to love it. It did not hurt my experience that what is a, a guaranteed probably top three movie on my list of all time is Alien. That sure. they're three years apart and they kind of felt similar in a way. Whereas Alien is, hey, the restaurant you love actually has a back room and here's this 10 course, sexy, beautiful, gorgeous, well-plated meal. And then all of a sudden, some years later, I have an experience that reminds me of that, but it's literally just out. I'm just out at like some farmhouse and it's this rustic style. Yeah, you're on like yeah. a patio. Gritty thing yeah. that's like, 
there's no forks or knives or anything. It's like you eat it with your hands. Yep. And you're like, but dang, the last time I even felt this way <laughs> was at that sexy meal, yeah. which yeah. is so bizarre to me. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, whereas Alien is like slick and small, all of it is small. That's that's the thing that yeah. I think um, is a recurring thing for me in horror when our setting is very tiny is great. Yeah, yeah horror means- lends itself, or sorry, bottle episode styles lend themselves yeah. to horror so well because it you makes don't- us as the audience feel like we also cannot escape this place. Yeah. If you have the mind map already of where to run and hide, that's great. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. There's something really effective when you are rooting for them to go to a certain location because you kind of know the layout. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, hey, man, get out of there. Never thought I was thinking about in the helicopter. Just go. Just yeah. leave. I was thinking about just the layout of that base and how, <clears throat> how effective that would be for like a VR horror experience. You know what I mean? Oh, for it's sure, such a small, dude. like easily, you could easily replicate that. No, I thanks. wouldn't be into it. I would not enjoy <laughs> no. it. But like, how fun would that be? Like a VR experience where it's like, it's you and then like a couple of other NPCs and like either you're yeah. the thing and you have to keep it from them. Or like one of them is the thing and you have to figure mm. out which one is which. I mean, it's like yeah. a party game at that among point. Among us, personally, yeah. for me, Among Us was inspired by the thing. Yeah, I guess um, so. Personally, the only thing I care about right now, chasing that paper. Mm. Let's go to ads. Mm. There's been a unique experience, Chunkies, to where both of my co-hosts have gone to use the bathroom. I guess it's not that unique, but it's unique today in that while they're gone, I'm going to surprise them and do all of the advertisements myself. We wrap up our Chunktober series next week with Pan's Labyrinth. That's right. Diego Del Gorbo himself finishes this for us as only he can. Guys, I want you all to rate and review this podcast. Seriously, we're really close to some fun little uh, achievements here in terms of how many ratings and reviews we have on Spotify and on iTunes. You can do it on either. Best to do it on both. Spotify is great because that feels like the new place to go to stream that kind of stuff and have people that we don't know know about the podcast. But if you know anybody who doesn't know about the podcast, what are you doing? Please go let them know. If you got $3 in your pocket that kind of uh, reanimates every month, That's especially convenient for you because you can do the $3 tier of Patreon in which you get an extra bonus episode and you get to vote in our voting series. Whenever those come up, there's about four or five of those per year. Then the $5 tier is Patreon. So uh, not Patreon, it's Discord. This is what happens when you do this alone. The $5 tier is Discord to where we have a growing community that loves movies as much as you do uh, and can even educate you on some things that you don't know about. It's, It's just a wonderful environment to be in Come on over there, gives you some access to box office ball and just a lot of good, good goodies for your two chunk pleasure. Back to the show. The guys never came back. I was able to do this without them. They never came back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're jumping right in, Doge. I already did all the... While you yeah, both did, were gone, I did it by myself. He did it all. Oh, did you do a good job? I did it, honestly... 
One of the best. Oh, good. So that's your role every week now. Okay. It's like I get a break in the middle of every episode. I'm fine with it. I'm going to super pump because I've been waiting to talk about this the whole time. Okay. There's a scene in this movie. It's my favorite scene in the movie, personally. It's one of my favorite movie scenes ever. Probably top 10, I think. Um, It is perfect from top to bottom. It is tense. It is scary. It is mysterious and fun. And it is the blood testing scene. It's yeah. It is literally so perfect. Good. It's and perfect. Yeah. The reveal of what it how it reacts. Yes. Boy, oh did that gosh. make me you jumped. Jumpy. You jumped. Yeah. Dude, it is. It was so in your face, more extreme, which I should have known better and how extreme the scares yeah. are in this. That it was just like this, blah, like it just like came out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It's not, it doesn't like writhe around in the Dude. little Petri dish. It's like, it's Jordan. straight up. It's just like, <laughs> it comes right uh, for you. Uh, Man, this whole scene is oh, per- from the beginning so with the flamethrower and the dynamite. Nobody trusts each other. Everybody's nervous. They would all kill each other given the uh, chance. Kurt Russell literally does. Like, he doesn't even uh, hesitate. Somebody steps to him, done, gone. It is... It is. You, I, I feel like you could write a semester's worth of yes. film class just on this scene with building tension. It's perfect. Yes. It's so good. And Ooh. it's on the heels of someone finding and accusing McCready of finding his like mm-hmm. fatigues or whatever that have holes in yeah. them, which we've said like that means that that well, person has turned. And to, to writing credit as well, Ugh. sentences. So the sentence that McCready says, I know I'm me. Yeah. And I know not all of you are them. Because if you were, I'd be dead. Yep. But some of you definitely are. That sentence so sums vague. up this movie. That yeah. sentence subs up the tension of this movie. Because by the way, we don't even know if McCready's McCready, by the way. Right. Well, right. and he's like, for some reason, he's not lying if he's not McCready right now. The way right. he says it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yowza. So, I mean, I just <laughs> think that you gather at that point, what is it, about eight men into a room, all of whom are in survival mode, like self-preservation mode, big Dude. time. And the tension just skyrockets. Mm. Well, the tension, too, of like the homie changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other two are tied down. And they're yeah. trying so hard to get out. They're like, please, like somebody, like the sheer chaos of that was to the point where while this is clearly ri- a ridiculous scenario in a fiction movie, you feel like, oh my God, these poor people, like the empathy is at an all-time high in that moment yeah. to where it almost feels real. You're like, oh my God, oh, yeah, so scared. I would be too. That's why I picked that opening quote too, that Keith David line, because it's just like, it felt so real to be like, please, for the love of God, I don't want to be tied to this couch anymore. That was almost my super No, that line, that line is uh, the guy with the eyebrows. eyebrows. That's the guy with the eyebrows. Oh yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. I read it wrong. (laughs) But yeah, he's ready to get out. There, There is, there's also in this scene too, but in several times in this movie, we get some pretty like, a couple iconic shots and a couple shots that deserve a lot of credit as well. Specifically, I'm thinking of 
uh, I don't remember which crew member it is, but when they light him on fire out in the snow. Yeah. Something about, I mentioned it when we were watching it last night, something about fire on snow is it's the same guy to me. It's the same guy who just changed tied to the couch. Is that who it was? Because his, his head turns, the top of his head turns into a big mouth. He eats the other guy and then they light him on fire and he runs out and his head is opening and closing. I have no idea how they did that. Yeah. It is yeah. the most impressive visual. The fact. head crab is also... Hey, Bad that's my super at. pump. That's oh. my super pump. That entire scene. That's uh, my super the, pump. <laughs> no that way. That entire scene is like, to me, as shocking as the chest burst scene 100%. in Alien. Sure, yeah. Uh, but they were just like, you remember how it just came out? And it was like, <laughs> the chest burst. It goes off. What if we yeah. did that and turned it up to 700? Yeah. yeah. What, because if it, like, what if it lasted I was four minutes? Legitimately. So shocked by this, I was not expecting that at all. Whenever we keep trying through. to keep trying to paddle him back to life, and then the hands go straight through the tummy, becomes a mouth, and then the head stretches off of the body and becomes a little crab. <laughs> That's the nastiest thing I've ever seen in my life, and it's incredible. It was. It was. Oh my goodness! My face the whole time. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> yep. Also, what is incredible. more terrifying than a monster that removing a body part just creates a second smaller monster? You know what? That exists though. It's called worm. It's called worm. That is true. Dude, yes. That entire scene had me baffled, like mm-hmm. in the best yeah. way. 100%. And it is funny that we 100%. get like this is our this is our uh rustic version of the chest burster. It's just like, exactly it is far more grotesque. Uh it lasts longer, it dwells on how gross it is. It's incredible. For but homie, uh Botan, is that the name? Botan? The, the guy who is the number one, like the lead makeup artist, was like 22 years old. This was like Gee. one of his first big projects. That's insane. Was unbelievable. He was hospitalized from exhaustion Wow! in this movie. So imagine being like, I'm I just imagine. trying to make it. I'm trying to make it. It's John Carpenter, who at this point is, you know, relatively well-known in 82. Sure. Yeah. And it's like, I've got a shot here. And he just gets so obsessed. Like one of the things, one of them that caught on fire, I don't remember which of these uh, set pieces that he had created, these costumes, like it was just all lost. They ended up getting a shot from it, but it was like he had spent months creating this wow. thing and it was oh. not supposed to combust. Wow. Um, because the room had just been full of gas and they were not thinking about that. Someone lights a match and everything just blows up and so he loses oh, all of it no. altogether. But- it's not, it's not unfortunate. You know, I think sometimes I get hung up, not hung up on, but I dwell on like, I think Academy Awards are so interesting uh, in the prestige yeah. of the thing because you sure. do have to catch something in the moment. Like something has to be acknowledged in the moment. Yeah. But to me, the fact that there were no Oscar nominations for this and we won for the fly uh, is yeah. ridiculous. It's and it's weird. because there is a massive influence, critic influence on movies is huge, and there is this bias, this recency bias that is fascinating to me in Hollywood when we compare it against other things, like the ants to bugs life, all that kind of stuff, the stuff that we've mentioned before, uh, the prestige and the illusionist, right? Sure. But another Alien movie came out days before this and screwed up the thing royally and Blade Runner. Because here was this dystopian thing again. You know, Alien had done it once and we didn't see it for a while because people were terrified to try and get close to Ridley, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Because he came out. People were high on Star Wars too. At this point, 82, 
everything yeah. is it's like all why? space is Star Wars. Aliens yeah. are friends because freaking little Spielberg came out and made one of his best movies of all time in making E.T. mere days yep. wow. before the thing and Blade Runner release. Wow. And so E.T. comes what a out. Year. Dude. Yeah. 82, man. E.T. comes out and everybody's like, this is it. The warm fuzzy feels. And now you give us this macabre, like nasty looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think some people interpreted it as lazy and cheap. And, yeah. you know, it's like, where, where's the chutzpah? Like, why do, where are the relationships with the alien? It's like, well, there's clearly a relationship <laughs> to this alien. It is just the yeah. antithesis. And so that is so funny to me because you had everybody. It wasn't just a fan favorite cult classic, even though the thing is a massive cult classic on like Mount Rushmore of cult classics. Sure. Yeah. But it's almost not because even the critics backtracked. Mm-hmm. That's so funny to me. Oh, really? Yes. It is widely considered like a masterpiece now. Yeah. Ebert even was like, what was I thinking? You know, it was like in the heat of the moment, but there were really? people that were just down on it because other people were down on it. There is yeah. such a I mean, this interesting really asks for a very visceral reaction. So I don't think it's unfair to say that if this shocked you in 82, it might not have been a positive shock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we mistake like leadership for the first person to speak up and speak the loudest. Right. And I think that happens a lot of the times yeah. in... In the movie business, I think it's I think it's so fascinating. It's almost like if there is a movie that you're pretty hyped about, I wouldn't look at reviews until a weekend. You really shouldn't mm, until yeah. after you've seen the movie, because somebody's going to have the big first voice, and if they've got enough clout, you're going to think that influences it even more. But yeah, it is. I sat there watching it, knowing the history of all of this, and just could not believe that these people were saying that mm. this was. A, a bad movie. And some of the things that, yeah. that were being said were absolutely hateful. It was like, wow, what a great JMB whiskey commercial. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they were just being really, really awful to the movie. But, you know, Carpenter got the last laugh. He loved it. He said yeah. this is his favorite movie he's ever made. I think Good. Kurt Russell has said the same, that this is his favorite movie yeah. he's ever done. It has to be, right? It's so cool. And it's iconic. You know, there's so there's something... Alien does this with the Xenomorph. Um, Predator obviously does this. And the thing does it as well. There's something so scary when something that looks like it should be a monster, a mindless killing machine, exhibits reason. Thought, planning. Yeah. And when it has taken, when the thing has taken over, um, I think it's the doctor, and he's checking his surroundings. Yeah. Like acknowledging that he should not be seen doing this thing. It's like, Ooh, this has gone beyond like single cell organism trying to stay alive like a virus. And this thing has a plan. Yeah. Dude, it flew here in a ship. The, like The yucky thing to me is the the conversation. The I'm much better now. I'd like to come inside, oh, please. Dude, I know. Oh. Can I come inside, please? I don't want to be out here anymore. I'm much yeah. better now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. I, I mean, from the moment... I don't know, man. The gra- I, I, I found myself looking to make sure I wasn't watching like a, uh, what, what do you call it when they come out and do a new edition of like an old movie? Like they, uh, Lucas did it for the original like a remaster, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like remastered because I couldn't believe the effects in some of this. I know, right? Like even our sweeping shot of the UFO that they stumble upon that's in that huge cavernous- It's a painting type yeah, thing. I love it, right? Oh, wow, and, cool. and that's, yeah. that's definitely- 
Tim Burton's done that a lot. Like he did that in the Batman, yeah. like the Manor, Wayne Manor and stuff. Oh, yeah. like that. It's all these matte paintings. This was super it. common back then. When I went to the uh, Academy Museum in LA, they had a whole thing full of the big matted paintings that were used oh, as like cool. backdrops. So even like the North that's by Northwest cool. Mount Rushmore, all that stuff yeah. was really oh, fun. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, super cool. But really yeah, cool. in um, like another thing about the creepiness of it is the when we first see the split face, multi-legged, like frozen one that they find at the Norwegian camp. Yeah. It's like, I think the writing is good there because scientists would want to know more. Mm-hmm. Right in some yeah. horror movies, you're like, "Why? Why are you doing this? Why would you do this?" And because Carter has no empathy for this corpse, right? No. I'm like, no. I don't know. But if Carter's a scientist and wants to have, you know, the discovery of the millennium, sure, right. maybe I take a. But why are we taking a sample, boys? Like, why did we take the whole <laughs> festering carcass? I ate the whole <gasps> thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mustacheless. Wilford Brimley took me a minute looks to, wrong. to recognize it's wrong. Sinful, right? I would say sinful. It looks wrong to have no mustache. Oh man, I can't get over how close that nose ring is to that dude's cheek now. I know it's it, like right it, there. It's a super dump, boys. You're welcome to change so yours if here, you want. Here's something that I love. There's a lot of discussion about the end of this movie, about love what's going on here. I want to hear um, everybody's theories too. So, well, there, there's from what I've seen online, there's three basic theories, and it, I'm saying it, I want to hear y'all's theories. Yeah, but. Go ahead. I have one. I do too. I guess I do too. So, uh, let, yeah, let's not give an overview because I don't want to reveal it. But my my personal theory is that they are both the thing at the end. It's my oh. favorite. It's my favorite version of the theory. Um, I don't know that anything really points to it, but I just think it's very fun because the 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 they are both the thing theory essentially says at the end what they're doing is feeling each other out to make sure the other one's not a person. And when they say, why don't we just sort of rest here and see what happens? And the other person agrees. They're both just kind of agreeing, let's chill until the rescue team comes. Mm. You know? Because a I human's like going to freeze to death in like 20 minutes out there. Yeah. So that, that's my personal favorite theory. I, I like that theory. I don't know if I think that Keith David is the thing. Oh, I think, uh, I think he's the non-debatable one to me. Really? Oh. No, see, I think Kurt Russell's the non-debatable one because there's no way he made only out walked out of that exploding shack. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? He was in there when it went up. I, I, It feels to me like the thing kind of had identified him as a target and was waiting for him to be able to take the leadership for the words to mean something when he says, hey, don't kill me. Let's just wait here for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the thing knew that Kurt had sort of proved his innocence, proved his humanity. Yeah, but Childs is so trigger happy to just not be trigger happy there at the very end is strange. Because he's almost because, dead. <laughs> it's yeah. because Mac won his trust. Because Mac was like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, And I think that's, I don't know. I love it. I mean, I you love, get to I pick, love that right? You kind of get to choose yeah, that's what you like want it, it to be. I yeah. Like yeah. It. I think it's Mac. There's some other reasons. I think it was Mac early. Um, oh, really? I, th- I think the fact that he is... One of the only ones, it just felt perfect because he was one of the only ones that is uh, secluded in terms of his quarters, just off in yeah. a shack. And just, so we could have seen him but get But he tests got. his blood, though. We never see him we pull don't that know. blood out of his body. Yeah, so I, was like, I feel like That's it was fair. a setup. And, uh, you know, Chris uh, Keith David's character is is 
calling it out. He's literally being what I was as the audience of like, that's absolute bull. How can we trust yeah. you? Mm-hmm. And the quick thing of like, somebody could have torn up the, you know, my uniform and stuff. But I also like the theme of, I think McCready gets caught early. You know, the moment that we see he he never won chess. I think he... <laughs> loses chess, <laughs> gets pissed, destroys the computer. And in my mind, I was like, that's a narrative that he's like, yep. he's lost from the start. Mm. And so I, I love the idea of it being him because that's basically, that's why I had moments where I was like, this is like glue, which feels so weird. <laughs> but when, when like, like the butler, the person who's ultimately in the most control of the environment yep. is exactly where they want to be. Also, yeah. we're watching Survivor. You know, also it's like, yep. I, I think that, being tricky is a fun theme that is always like pretty attractive to me and something that I want to be. I wanted to be McCready and have full control of that situation. But there are so many signs pointing to, it feels like that McCready has been for a long time. But Mm. outside of that, man, it was- So much goodness. It's so much goodness. And what a a bizarre rewatchable movie because it is- not torturous. There are certainly scenes that are grotesque. Sure. It's one of the grotesque, most grotesque things I've have ever seen sure. in oh, my yeah. life. But to, to be at the end of it and be like, I think I might watch it again. I, think I, I, want, to right. I want to watch it again to see if I can like, and I think that's the thing. Like it's, it's a, an unanswered question in the script that is made to look like a solvable mystery. Yeah. Uh, so like, I think no matter how many times you watch it, you're not going to know. Yeah. Yeah, this was right. my second so time. This was my second time, and it was like noticeably better than the first time I watched it. Really? Because How so? What made it better? So, some of the air of like, some of the reputation of the movie had worn off after the first time, and I was I feel like I was really more able to watch it for what it is this time. Uh, you know, because I mentioned like the reputation of it's so grotesque, you won't be able to even enjoy it because it's so right. intense and all this stuff. And so I had bra- I braced myself a lot more the first time. And this time watching it, I think I was able to enjoy it as a fun movie even more than a horror movie, which to me it right. is. This is, yes, it's scary, it but so this fun. movie is like fun it's in a, a weird yeah. way. It's such a horrifying concept to turn into a fun movie, but it is a fun movie. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I was just able to enjoy this watch even more. And I yeah. loved it the first time. Don't get me wrong. This this movie probably did not end up in the black uh, sure. in terms of what no. it made because it cost $15 million to make and it worldwide, uh, which was uh, pretty much only a U.S. release, mm-hmm. made $19 million. Yeah, I can't imagine Ooh. this would have even been allowed to be. Um, which I think I have, I think I have friends that that's their annual salary. So that's wild. <laughs> Um, yeah, same. I got a bunch of rich friends. Yeah. But it's like, uh, when I'm thinking about this too, I, again, I just get so fascinated with the outside environment of the movie business. But the thing gained a lot of momentum back almost immediately at home release. Yeah, so when we're thinking about 1982, really anyone's opinion, critics are going to have the first opinion solely. So imagine if Rotten Tomatoes which it still does, but you start to see the audience review. You also get to see what other people think about something. I think sometimes I'm ignorant to the fact that before the internet <laughs> like was a thing and much less a popular thing, mm-hmm. 
It's like you, all you had to go off of was just your own personal motivations mm-hmm. and yeah. what your neighbor said, you know, yeah. or what Roger, what, you know, what Ebert and Roper said. It's, it's just, it's bizarre to me, but I love the home movie comeback. That's two because, weeks in a row that we've had that. Mm-hmm. Cause we had that with yeah. Tremors too. Yep. When people get a hold of it and they're like, what? And then all of a sudden now culture decides, I really like, uh, hey, trust the opinion of people really I trust good. more than the opinion of people that have the title. I'll tell you what, yeah. this is a, a powerful couple of weeks of movies between Trimmers and The Thing and then Pan's Labyrinth a week They're from next now. week. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a pretty powerful trio right there. I'm excited. It's been a pretty powerful series, it has honestly. Been. It has been. So it is, it is actually time to rate The Thing, believe it or not. And uh, that's going to go, that's going to go a little something like this. Scientific cinema skill. It's here. It's the same science that Wilfred Brimley tries to use to help us understand the thing, its motivations and where it came from. It is perfect. There's about 11 pixels total in this science. And as follows, the best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy buy that that poster. poster. The next best thing is buy it. It's followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it, and last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. Uh, I'll go first because it's been, it was obvious within the first five sure. minutes of this podcast that even with the fact that the diabetes man had a massive narrative uh, influence just because he played a broken game of asteroids. I, I still buy the poster here. This is such a wonderful timestamp. It, it is such a, it is, you'll never catch it again. You know, mm-hmm. it is like, mm-hmm. it happened once. It will not be thing, remade with as much prestige ever. No, no. And there's just so much special stuff. Like the fact that it ended up being Kurt Russell felt perfect, even though a lot of the names that John Carpenter wanted would have done well. We had Clint Eastwood. We had Harrison Ford talks. We had um, Jeff Bridges. You know, any kind of like Ooh. gritty, somewhat country man had a shot at this. Yeah. Harrison Ford came, already seems like he's taken over by an alien entity most of the time. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and then in, in comes Kurt Russell and Wilford Brimley and Keith David. Yeah. And it's, it is. One of the best experiences I've ever had watching a movie for the first time. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'm buying yeah. the poster. I'm buying the poster for the thing as well. It's first of all, it's legendary. So, you know, there's definitely some clout bonus to something like this. Yeah. Gone with the Wind is legendary too, though, right? It's tough to put right. things in that category. Totally. Because like some of that stuff is absolute. This poop. is legendary in a way I care about, I think is maybe a yeah. Yeah. way to say it. Like this is the type of legendary that earns a lot of respect from me. Number one. And then number two, it's just a great movie. It's scary, it's fun, it's thrilling, it's funny. I don't know, man. Uh, I can't. This is one that I could rewatch every single year and never yeah. never get tired of it. It's a poster for me as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, specifically this one. Yeah, it's a original poster. poster. Carpenter hated that poster. Did he really? Yeah, because it was like a, hey, take it or leave it situation near the end of the entire production process. Yeah. And he was like, that doesn't have hardly anything to do. And I don't want people to think it's just another slasher movie. He was like, they might as well just airbrush a bloody knife in that character's hand. Really? He's like, it's just going to feel like Halloween to everybody. He didn't want to do that. Uh, I love it though. I love that poster though. Oh, I do poster. too. It becomes iconic, right? It, the right, mistakes, right, right. Yeah. 
If there was a yeah. poster that was just a quiet, small nighttime shot of the base, I would pr- want that. The so base, like with the dog sitting outside it or something? Yeah. A nighttime yeah. shot with just those out, like exterior lights on? Yeah. Ooh, it's so good. It's so uniquely 1982. Dude. Uh, Speaking- like just the print of the film, like the the these anamorphics that we're using with the like coating to make them even glowier. Like it's just, it, I don't know, man, it just looks and feels so uniquely early eighties and yeah. it's perfect. I love it. We didn't even talk it. about how the setting of Antarctica really, really adds to the tension here. They are so isolated and so alone. Yeah. Yeah. They have no choice but to fight. Yeah. 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 If, if alien is the mithril vest, gorgeous and glimmering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the thing is when we see it in its organic form, just in the massive walls of rock. Mm, Yeah. Just like it is both of these things are beautiful to behold. And yeah, I mean, just the thing. Yeah. I I guess the podcast (laughs) is ending, but the, (laughs) all the fun makeup stuff and the prosthetics was like, I I wasn't surprised that this was some 22 year old kid that was literally just, given the reins and also told to just ride bareback. Yeah. It was just like, exactly. dude, just do it. Yeah. I was like, hey, dude, there yes. are no rules. He Make was exactly never what told you want to no. Make. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the best decisions. You can tell. That Carpenter could You can tell that made. almost nothing in this movie was instantly rejected. I think Carpenter yeah. is a right. very thoughtful filmmaker. But on top of that, I think that, I don't know, sometimes, sometimes it's the right guy for the right job at the right time. And that's what this feels like. It feels like he had yeah. the vision. He had the balls to do the thing, make the call, and make this good. And I think a lot of people would have been scared to take some of these swings. And I, I really appreciate yeah. that John Carpenter, who has grown on me so much over the last like decade of my life, just getting to know his filmography a little more and getting to know his music taste. Ennio Morricone does the soundtrack for this movie, and it's yeah, so which was minimal a total and shock. cool. Um, I don't know. Unlike anything I've ever heard from Ennio Morricone. This movie's a slam dunk, man. Yeah. If, if you're listening because you love us and you haven't watched this, watch it for oh sure. Oh my God, it's free please on Peacock watch the if thing. If you can bear that app. Yep. Free um, on Handle Peacock. If you, if you can handle that app. It's terrible. But next week, we are wrapping up. It's one one week late. It's uh, past thing, uh, Thanksgiving, past Halloween by just a scooch, just a scooch. But, you know, that Halloween stuff's still going to be up on the November 1st. But we will be Candy watching- Candy will still be cheap. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth, and I'm very, very excited about it. This We've all is seen that. our yes. first Diego del Gorbo. No, I haven't. Seen you haven't it. seen Pan's Labyrinth? I have oh, not. Oh, buddy, it's a great movie. It's our first ever Diego del Gorbo on the show. It's crazy for being crazy. somebody that we talk about so frequently. Well, we talk about the falsely. We the talk about Diego del Gorbo. Version. We've never talked about Guillermo del Toro. I'm not sure who that guy is, but. <laughs> I'm excited to see Diego Del Corvo. Doge, I'm so excited for you. Yeah, you're going to love it. I am excited for me too. You're going to love it. This is frequently in the like top 20 movies of all time. Cool. I'm a big, I, I really much, very much enjoy Diego's Really work, much, so. really much Diego I, boy. I'm a, I big really much this enjoy the work uh, of Diego. Big old silver platter Diego uh, introduction to the movie world mm. for a lot of people was Pan's mm. Labyrinth. I think this was his first movie that was successful in the States. Anyway, to end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and uh, what type of horrific transfer information we would go through if the thing got us. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan. 
And I think for me, the neck, the mouth would appear on the back of my neck and my head would be like, chomp, 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 like behind me. And my arms would turn backwards and my feet would turn around the other direction and I would grow large. And he's a big backwards boy. Well, but I'm picturing like Strong Sad from Homestar Runner, how he's just basically like a trapezoid <laughs> with arms and legs. I think I would sort of morph into that. Uh, I'm Doge. A lot of fingers. Just fingers all like the way too down. Many, huh? Too many fingers. Like too many fingers, and they're all either too long or too short and have either too many or too few fingernails. Yeah. I love it. I, I, it's a theory that I'm just now coming up with, but a lot of the uh, morphing maybe had something to do with uh, uh, maybe a certain identity in which these men uh, found in themselves. Ah. Uh, whether they liked it about themselves or not. You know, Windows was all about getting a nickname after his glasses and then his head gets bit. Uh, our doctor who uses his hands loses them immediately. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Uh, I tend to be someone who thinks that I'm pretty empathetic and I've got a big heart. So I think what happens is yeah. the reveal is very subtle that I've just been changed. I love that it's a slow process. It's not an immediate thing that makes it visually terrifying that you could catch it halfway through, which is some of the brilliance of the creativity of making like, here's part, here's three dog heads and the guy that I transformed into earlier. Yeah. But for me, when you see me, I'm putting a new shirt on because the other one got ripped up, right? I've, mm-hmm. I'm almost transformation. But just as I'm turning, you catch a glimpse of like a little bit left of my heart outside of my body but then you watch it sink into my chest. And I'm like trying to play it off as I put the shirt down. And I'm like, did you find it? And they're like, you It's like a reverse temple of doom. That's crazy. Yeah, they're like, what are you doing? Little Kalima, crazy boy. Yuck. Wow. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.